life's so much bigger than me, yeah. right? And I think that's the problem as we become adults. Sometimes we think it's all about me, right? We get consumed with the me, 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 and we don't say, hey, how are you, right? Yeah. How? And I think that's that's a I think that's a great takeaway lesson, you know, as we're having this conversation is how do we serve? How do we help? You know, and how do we uplift others? And that happiness comes from when you look outside yourself. Like, I I get a lot of joy and giddiness from the fact that I have a little paper that says there was a wig donated with my hair, and on the inside of the wig it says my neighbor's name right in there. Oh, you know, wow. donated in her honor. So there's some kid I don't know where out there wearing my hair as a wig, you know, so that they can have some confidence. They can go to school and feel like there's a little bit more normalcy for them. Welcome to Adulting the Cryptid, the show where we break down the complex code of common conundrums into logical living in an effort to decrypt the code we call adulting. We are your hosts. Okay. I'm Roscoe <laughs> the dad. <laughs> Well rehearsed. I didn't know I was going first. Oh, Sorry. Okay. That is so unusual. I always go first. Yeah. yeah, when I'm leading, you go first. Oh, I apologize. Well, I'm Roscoe the dad. Okay, perfect. I'm Gene, and today I'm going to use the lapel mic. I feel like Mr. Incredible from like the very beginning of The Incredibles. Gene, that was supposed to be your secret, but whatever. I, it, it's <laughs> fine. It's out. It's it's all right. It, it's fun. Nice. It's fun. It's interesting. Nice, nice. I'm Gideon. I am the one who got to keep the mic. So I don't have to hold a lapel mic today. <laughs> awesome. And I'm Ash, and I'm the one with the computer that makes it work. So woohoo, now they all know. Um, and today we have a very special guest with us, um, Zach Nelson. Thank you for joining us today. Thank woot, you for Woot, in Gideon's famous I, uh, words. Thank woot. you. I am I'm the reason that, uh, Gide- or that Gene has to carry a little tiny mic because I stole his. Yeah. So hooray for me. <laughs> well done. He doesn't like to give it up a whole lot, so <laughs> you did good. Um, yeah, so Zach was my, well, that's a name I'm going to have to get used to, too. I knew him as Mr. Nelson for, I think, how many years has it been? Uh, oh, eight, nine, twelve, fifteen. It's been a 15. lot of years. Yeah, so um, you were my sixth grade teacher. Um, right. We're in the elementary school. I mean, I don't remember when you got there. But oh, I started at Grovecrest in 2002 as a as a paraeducator with a life skills. Oh, cool. so I became a teacher in 06. That's when I graduated with my my teaching degree. So he would have been there the whole time you were there. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. we didn't move in here until how old are we? Thank you. There you go. But you weren't in school, anyways. Yeah, I was gonna say because I always, I always remembered. I'm, it's so hard for me to say Zach. I keep thinking <laughs> Mr. Nelson in my head, but I always remember you being like the teacher that all the kids were like, "Oh my gosh!" When you get to grade that you were teaching at the time, you want him as your teacher because he's the coolest guy ever. And we're just the growing hair. up. And if if you had oh. told me when I was in sixth grade that I would have the opportunity to sit in a podcast and and talk with you and have an interview, I would have been like, "No way!" Like that guy, that's crazy. So I'm super for grateful that You're you too kind. <laughs> that you came to join us here today um to really talk about leadership and positivity um so um for audience we like to talk about um things that we think are uh important adulting skills and i think 
leadership is one that's sometimes overlooked. People often think about, you know, the taxes and, and paying for things, but then um, there's often times when we're called upon to be leaders. And then um, positivity, which is something our listeners, I'm sure, can already hear that you are very good at. So um, I would love if you would just give us a quick background, perhaps like um, where you grew up, all the way to, you know, what made you want to become a teacher, educator? Yeah. Okay. So uh, here's a synopsis of my life. Um, at 10 months old, my parents divorced. We were living up in Washington State. And so my mom and my older sister and I came down to Orem, Utah, where my grandparents were. And we moved in with them. Um, so that was my, my childhood was time with uh, my grandpa, especially. Um, that's where my love of sports and BYU especially because that's grandpa took me to those games oh that's awesome Um, that was a blast for me and that just growing up with a lot of family around was always a huge plus for me I have a lot a lot of cousins that were just like my siblings so I loved it because we lived at grandma and grandpa's everybody was over everybody it was just a happy happy time Um, high school was awesome I loved going to school I wasn't maybe the best student but I loved being there because that's where all my buddies were and I loved being there with all of my friends um, then uh, and in high school it wasn't ever a what am I going to do when I grow up um, I was voted class clown of my senior senior oh, there class, you go I like so, it yeah congratulations you know, yeah hey make the class clown an educator that'll be great <laughs> but, <laughs> well, uh, well everybody wanted you as a teacher so obviously it worked <laughs> something about it something worked um, I ended up uh, serving a two-year mission in Canada for uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, and absolutely loved it up there and I think that's where my mom was a teacher oh, okay um, she we, and then worked at BYU she taught elementary okay great um when I was very little, she worked at uh, Orm Elementary and then at Sharon. Um, and so I had that kind of just knowledge. Like my mom taught at Sharon when I was in fifth, fifth, fourth and fifth grade. Um, taught me computers. I remember playing Oregon Trail, the old, oh, yeah, I old remember school Oregon, Oregon Trail. Dysentery yeah. or whatever. Yeah. No. Yep, that dysentery. <laughs> yeah, he'll get you every time. Um, anyway, so it was really uh, in Canada where... In, I was teaching a lot. Uh, there was a little branch in Yellowknife where I would um, speak in church and teach young men's, and we were doing all like all the teaching. And I think that's where my my love for oh my goodness, I'm going to do this. I'm going to interact with people. Oh, I love so it. I came home from my mission, jumped straight into school at UVU, and took all the elementary ed prerequisites. Now, why, I've always wondered that as, as far as a, um, a male going into a pr- predominantly, for elementary ed especially, into yeah. with in a, in a pr- traditional, and I don't know if I'm stepping all over myself, you know, f- uh, a female occupation. Was that weird at the time? I mean, were you looked at different? Which, I, I've got to preface this with a couple of my boys have had male teachers, and, and it's great, you know, but yeah. it's it not still not really u- normal. I get, I'm not trying to. No, uh, what what seems to happen in the education world is, uh, if you're a male, you typically coach something, so you right. tend to gravitate towards secondary, so junior high, high school. Um, that was never what I wanted. I wanted actually my first 
my first thought was, I'm going to go teach first grade because I want to teach kids how to read and it's going to be awesome. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And so then you get into practicum work and I'm in a first grade class and I'm absolutely loving it. And a weekend I go, this is awesome. I want older kids. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, uh, that's great. That's the way I leaned. And, um, you know, I'm going to school. I was working at Grovecrest, like I said, and, uh, I ended up student teaching for sixth grade for one week um, uh, with Jeannie Crawl and went went home on a Friday with all of my materials, my math, everything, pre- prepped it all weekend, uh, showed up on Monday, and one of the fourth grade teachers had gone into premature labor, was put on bed rest, and decided she wasn't coming back. So I showed up all ready for sixth grade, and the principal came down and said, guess what? Here's your fourth grade class for the rest of the year. This is first of November. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and were you a teacher this. at that point in time? No, was, I okay. was a senior in college. Okay, so your students, so, technically your student teaching at the yes. time. And they said, hey, guess what? You're going to get real life. Yes. So the principal, the principal knew some of the UVU professors. So, well, it was UVSC at the time. Oh, um, and uh, they, they kind of said, okay, yeah, have Zach come and do this. And they threw me in and I had an amazing team and some great teachers to work with. They just kind of supported me along. UVSC at the time did not have an internship program. So I started as a long-term sub until January. And little known fact, I was the first UVSC intern because they didn't have them back then. Oh, that's and funny. they made me one. So that's Because <laughs> that way you can get them to work for yeah. free. Yeah. Or pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> let's be honest. And, uh, and then that's, that's how I started there at Grovecrest. But my love for teaching really developed with having the opportunity to serve and teach so many people. That's way cool. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, you know, and, and we talk about this, and I, and we've had, um, I don't know if you, do you know Johnny um, Hulse. Hulse over mm-hmm. at the high school? He's a, he was he's the uh, guidance counselor. Okay. And he talked about finding your passion over time, right? Because a lot of times we ask the high school students the wrong question. What are you going to be when you grow up? Yeah. They're like, yeah, I don't <laughs> Graduated? No Do you know what I mean? Hopefully. Older? Yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Just hopefully never as old as my dad. But uh but so to your point, you, you had an you had a defining moment, right? Yeah. Of nineteen twenty where you're like, This is it. This yep. is my calling. Yeah. Um and I and I love it. That's that's a neat, neat share. And you know, it's one of those things where that for me that was my calling and then I pursued that with a lot of vigor. And reaffirmed that, yep, that's what I want to do. You know, when you sit in classes and you're learning about how and why to teach. Um, and that passion just grows. You know, that's when you're like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's so, awesome. And you could tell, right, the way he, everybody loved Mr. Nielsen for a reason, right? He he had that, that passion for life and for teaching and for educating. And, and it's contagious. You know what I mean? I don't. I remember my sixth grade teacher was also was was a Mr. Um, Johnson, and he did that for us, right? Because I would, dude, sixth grade boys are kind of like done, <laughs> right? I mean, we are no yeah. that they're starting to stink and all yeah. that other oh, stuff, yes. right? And and, <laughs> and you got to go through all of in. this, yep. you know, you go through all of this stuff that having you as a role model is super helpful, right? I mean, it. I remember. Um, if I maybe I'm wrong remembering this, but there was Lord of the Rings stuff 
Was that? Oh yes, was, that was part of the. I, the, I think you were Lord of the Rings, or was it Harry class, Potter? Or we, so I had four themes: Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, pirates, and Willy Wonka. Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adulting Decrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adulting Decrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting. Because our goal is to help individuals in this task we call adulting. Now, we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially. Well, one of our first episodes, season one, episode three, how do I talk to people? That's where we talked about all about to talk to people. So if that's something you want right now, you can go find that right now. Also in this one, season three, episode 15, The Power of a Humble Mediator where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. You're digging in the memories I don't remember. <laughs> well, um, and that's my problem. I don't remember which kids were associated uh, with which themes. See, I thought it was Lord of the Rings, but but it, yeah, but yeah. because yeah. I was like, you have the, the whatever the fourth world or what, and you're like, no, dude, it's this, and I'm like, okay, that's still super cool. You know, <laughs> I was super impressed. I was like, this is great. These guys are going to have a fun sixth grade year. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. You know, I, I think I think. As far as my memories go, it, it shows there, too. Because I, I think back on elementary school, and I remember I have, like, three distinct classrooms, like, burned into my memory. Um, and then, like, uh, yours is one of them. And I just remember a whole bunch of different various things where I was like, man, this is exciting. You know, like, I can't remember. There's this book about this, like, this really big kid and this really weak kid. I, do you remember? Oh, yes. Like, carrying um, around? I don't remember what it's called. Oh, and I love this book, and I'm not going to be able to remember the title. <laughs> of course. Um, David and Goliath. No, I'm just kidding. No. Different. The Lion <laughs> and the Mouse. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to it. That's yes. fine. I, I just, I, it's interesting because, like, I just wanted to touch on what you were talking about there, too, yeah. Dad, is, is, is passion passion is a built sort of thing and it's and it's funny because we've already answered i I wrote down a list of questions and it and it kind of answered one of my other main ones that i was going to ask um because one of my questions was growing up were you always a natural leader teacher or was it something that you grew to love over time and i think the mission pretty well answers that do you think like in retrospect do you think you ever had moments before your mission that you kind of realized or that you 
maybe looking back that you're like, oh, I was being a leader. I was being a teacher there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, like I remember being on student council in, in elementary school. Um, I was on student council in high school, just a, a lowly cabinet member. But, you know, we uh, we had lots of fun doing announcements and uh, being in assemblies and making decisions for the school and things like that. So I definitely was uh, provided with leadership opportunities well before my mission. Um, not really realizing that maybe there was some teaching there that was going on that I was doing. Um, but, you know, those those opportunities definitely were there um, in my life. And, you know, there's uh, there's some there's some different learning opportunities that happen in my life, just be, given the fact that I grew up in a single single parent home. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we were not rich. We lived in a two bedroom apartment and my mom was amazing and she made it all work. When, uh, when she was not teaching, she did work down at BYU in the registrar's office just because that was a better job. It was more stable. There's a little bit more income that way. But, I mean, that's we, we lived well below the, uh, the comfortable income line for a long time. Sure. And I would have never known. I would have never known the, the way my mom treated it and provided for us and things like that. Um, but when you are a latchkey kid and you go walk home every day, you know, kicking a rock, I would always wear out my right shoe because I'd walk home and kick a rock on my way home every day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, there's just, I think there's some, just some life lessons and some, some, a little bit of grit that you just, okay, yeah, this is what I do. This is, this is how things go. When things are hard, you just push through. Um, and, and, and you grow from those things, right? God, I love the word grit. I mean, I just—it's such a good word. Yeah. What? What? what I, I know these are your, supposed to be your questions, uh, but yeah. grit for I, you. You what can is, add questions. I don't. What care. Is, <laughs> uh, grit is when, when you have the opportunity to uh, take on something that's difficult, um, something that's well outside your comfort zone, um, and you you endure and you persevere, and you excel through those things, right? Um, and I think a lot of times people think, well, I got to have grit and I got to do it myself and it's got to be me. And and that's it's the complete opposite. True grit comes from knowing where your weaknesses are and understanding who has the strengths that you don't have so that you can rely on them to help push through situations. Yeah, I think that's for me, that's been one of the hardest things to grow because I thought you did it all on your own. Right. I thought I thought that that's a sign of weakness to show somebody that says, Hey, look, my strength is X, but I'm not going to be able to accomplish my real goal if I don't turn to you and say, dude, I have zero desire to learn this. Yeah. <laughs> you and, know? And, and, and you love it. So and, how about the two of us combined and we make this exactly. even better, this synergy that, that truly can transpire. Yeah. So I, I like grit as a, as a general word in that you, the other thing you hit in there is you hit on Excel, right? A lot of times people say, well, I'm hanging in. Yeah, is that the same as grit or is that is that hanging in, right? That's survival. Yes. Grit to me is saying, okay, this is the way it is. Life's hard. Mom's working. She's gone. I'm I'm latchkey kid to your point, but there's more. This is not the end of my bubble. This is not the end. This is just the beginning of defining me. So I like yes. that. Oh, I thought Gene had a question. No. Something else that I was, now, now that I want to ask, we've talked about grit and um, actually excelling. Um, 
thinking back and you said you, you grew through those and, and I really like stories and, and I'm just curious, um, do you have anything particular that you point back to that made you start to learn that excelling was different than hanging on? Um, because I know now for me, like I'm starting to recognize moments that I'm like, okay, this is a lesson learning point. And if I write this down and remember this, I'm going to learn from it. I'm just wondering if you can think well, of any of those for you. First off, I love that you're writing things down because I wish I have a few distinct memories and I'm, and I think how many more memories do I have somewhere up in my brain that I can't recall because I didn't put it to paper. Um, I have a distinct memory of being in sixth grade and going home and finishing a difficult assignment and walking back to school to make sure that I had it turned in on time. Um, and that was, I, I'm pretty sure my mom said, make sure that gets in later today. Make sure that gets in today. You know, whatever she had to do to kind of motivate me to me back because I was a sixth grade boy <laughs> uh, but I remember going back to that uh, that um, and then when it comes to those most recent memories um, going back and getting a master's degree mm. uh, and then following that up with a math endorsement and then an administrative license oh very cool um, so, you know uh, nine years of college now and so why the math endorsement uh, just so, for those of us who don't educate it was a brilliant opportunity for um, for teachers is really what it turned out to be. Um, I just finished my, my master's degree in curriculum and instruction at UVU, which by the way is why it's UVU, because you have to have master's level classes, and I was in that first group. So I'm a first of a lot of things. Yeah, there sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They should, they should like pay me or something. <laughs> at, least, at least get you a plaque. You know? Right? Like, um, but uh, a professor that I had at UVU that was then working at BYU came to the school and said, hey, look, if you guys will dedicate some extra time for us on Mondays, uh, we will come to the school and run through the courses for a math endorsement. It's a two-year program. And I mean, wow. we dove into why, where, where, was, where did you go wrong on the problem? So we'd have to go back and look at all their work decide where they went wrong, what little tiny piece they didn't get and know how to reteach that. So we were diving into all sorts of stuff. That so practice, math that you're teaching, yes. not just, not just was, random. Because some math gets pretty out there. Yes, it was extremely practical in that I love it. they would say, okay, we're des today we're designing a lesson. Then you guys are going to go teach it in class and everybody's going to come watch you teach. And then you're going to discuss if it worked, and then you're going to go teach it in the other classes. So I taught a math lesson, and I had a two-to-one ratio of adults to kids because I had, like, all of my colleagues and all these students from BYU and the principal, everybody Oof. in my in my class watching me teach math. It wasn't really, stressful, was it? Yeah, actually, it was kind of fun. It was great. Because <laughs> I was like, all my kids in the back are going to be really good because there's all these adults <laughs> sitting right behind me. Yeah. It was great. You have all these extra eyes to help. Um, yeah. So that's why the math endorsement. Okay. So I didn't know if it was a compensation thing or if it was a learning uh, education. Defi it definitely helps because good. you get uh, you get pay raises according to how much schooling you have. Oh, good. So and, that was and, nice. And the cool thing for me is we had an experience with a different teacher, you know, that um, I have a math, a very heavy degree in math, right, in the supply chain logistics side. And... Um, I remember him telling Ashton that he wasn't smart enough, you know, in school and that, 
you know, he's kind of labeled as slow and he's not going to figure it out. And I'm like, hold on, math is just, it's, it's a science-based thing. There's something missing. And I said, so how are you teaching this principle? And he spent like 10 minutes and I'm like, dude, I'm bored. Do you know what I mean? I'm an yes. adult and I should get this and I'm bored. So <laughs> so how are you expecting a fourth grader at the time, third grader, um, th- fourth grade? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I go, how, how, how can you expect them to, you know? So to yeah. your point, you said parents were intimidating. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we get a little defensive of our kid, right? Yeah. Especially if it's the same thing and we you, heard. And you, you should. Know, in high school, when I was told I was too dumb to go to college, you know, I bought in. I was like, sweet, there's my out. You yeah. know what I mean? And then and then my, my mission was also a defining moment for me. When I said, if I can learn Mandarin Chinese, nice. I can pretty much learn anything, nice. right? If I if I put forward the effort, yeah. energy, and time. Yes. Um, doesn't mean you should spend all your time learning certain things, but you can, but right? You can. And so you should choose wisely and follow those paths. But, but yeah, so that was my defining moment when I said, wait, I am, I am not dumb. For but sure. I love that they taught you to dive deep and find that one broken piece in the puzzle yeah. and teach that science to them and then help them learn. Because it's just a different language. It's oh, a science, it whatever you want to call it. I call it, it's, a, it's another language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes other languages are hard for people and that's okay. We right. just have to figure out how to approach it so that they understand it. Which, by the way, I've got to, I'll make my kids call you and talk to you in Chinese. Cause oh, I love it. Were they, they in the immersion? Yeah, they both speak Chinese. So That's they awesome. need all the practice they can get. Yeah, send them. <laughs> send them. I owe you some time for teaching my kids. I love it. Gene's Jean, trying to learn Chinese right now. How's that going? Woshi Alan Jean. Woshi Mago Wen. Megowen? Is that right? Megowen. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> See, and I know things like Woshiwan Chur, which is, I, I think, I like to eat Canadian people. Yeah, you did say Chanadaren. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought I heard. I'm like, why didn't he say I wanted to eat? I didn't know if I was supposed to say, you I was supposed to say pingua, which is apple, because that's the only food thing I know. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Bean chiling. That's the one you realize. I like ice cream. So oh, I'll teach you bean chiling. Yeah. There you well, go. Well, yeah, true bean chiling. Yes. So uh, anyways, I don't I don't know. Re- oh, that's right. Because of passion and, and desire and, yeah. and realization that you can do more than you currently are doing. So that's awesome. I like it. The, you know, and it's interesting that you brought up all the degrees because I actually remember fairly vividly you talking about in sixth grade that you were doing your master's and that you were finishing it up and that you were going to get your license plate. Do you, you remember talking about that? I probably, yes. Yeah. I, I have that license plate on my car to this day. <laughs> but what is, what is your license it's plate? It's just about? a UVU license plate with a little Wolverine. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought yeah. I thought. I it's don't a, know why I remember that. Call so me much. master yeah. or something. Well, like that. And I, I also have a plaque that one of my other students gave me that said, when I got my master's, it says, my name is Mr. Nelson. You can call me Master Zed. Master Zed? Z, Zach, in Canada, Z is Zed. So oh, I was always Zed Nelson up there. Oh, so sure. Master Zed, that still is in my window oh, <laughs> of my office awesome. this day. Yeah, I, I just I just remember that being that's so cool. That's so we're funny, all, Ashton. I love like, yeah, you remember. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask, um, one thing that I remember and that I'm sure people listening have noticed is, again, the, the positive side of, you know, pushing through things, excelling, and just general nature. And I was going to ask, because you said you grew up a lot of, a lot of time spent with your mom and your grandfather. And I was going to ask, do you think perhaps it was one of them that, that passed on that sort of positivity to you? Did you gain it from somewhere else? Do you know where it came from? Or is it just sort of like a natural 
Yeah, well, for you. a lot of my personality comes from my dad because he's kind of goofy like me. Yeah. Um, but I will say my mom was not a negative person. Like talk about a lady who could have said, oh, woe is me. This happened, this happened, this happened. And it was never that way. She was always happy, always upbeat, always positive. You know, she would come home from work and then make dinner and I'd be sitting on the couch watching TV or whatever, you know. Uh, so that looking back, that was a huge positive role model for me because she never said anything negative. She never, she, even though she could have, she never took that opportunity. Uh, my grandfather um, and my grandma both, um, they were a lot the same way though, right? My grandpa was a hardworking man. He's from Missouri. He worked on the railroads. I mean, he rode, he rode the rails from Wyoming to Washington and back. And he worked really, really, really hard. And that's just what you did. Right. And when you did it, you were happy about it because, hooray, you got something done. Right? That was kind of the, just kind of the take. Oh, let's go out in the garden. Okay, we're going to spend three hours with Grandpa weeding and picking corn and doing whatever. And it was great. It was awesome. It was so much fun. And so that work was just innately, okay, yeah, that's great. And I grew up in an apartment, so it's not like I had yard work. So I guess going to grandpa's, you know, yeah. as, as a teenager, was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Playing yeah. the dirt, this, no, I have this at home. I, I wish I could say the same thing about me and my siblings in our garden, but I can, <laughs> yeah. it was not the oh, same. You know, Zach, I can't I, grow a garden. Zach, we grew a garden. We, we've grown a garden for years, and, and the whole principle Michelle and I had behind it was it'll teach our kids to work. And you know what it really taught Michelle and I not to fight over why she can't get the kids to work in the garden. No. There you go. Yeah. I'm like, they're yeah. your kids. Make them work. Because yeah. yeah. when they're my kids, I make them work. We've talked about having to clean up dog poop. And I'm not oh. calling it poop, but calling it something else. And the neighbor's getting offended. I'm, you know, yeah. oh, my I, kids know what I'm serious. We have two dogs and my kids know how to, they know how to scoop. That, that is a skill they have learned. Even frozen ones. Oh, yeah. Well, one of my dogs is a Great Dane. So no you can imagine. Way. Yeah, she's oh. 160 pounds. And Jeez. she is not a small... She's the sweetest thing, but she's dumb oh, she's as a lap box dog, is she? Oh, yeah. She wants Love to set on you. And oh, yes. That is so funny. I didn't know that you had a Great Dane. That's pretty fun. She's a blast. Gideon, you're sitting over there kind of quiet. Wow. I mean, you just grad, You just finished elementary school. What do you got? Just finished? Yeah. <laughs> It was like three years ago. Oh, yeah, you're so old and mature now. Well, I wouldn't say that. I just don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What do you want me to say? No, I don't know. <laughs> you just seem quiet. I, I feel like you're getting left out. Have you thought yeah. about grit much? I mean, a little bit. Something funny that I thought of, if you'd like me to add. I love you to add, Gideon. When... um. When Zach was talking about like kicking the rock on his way home from school, whatever, <laughs> so stupid. I remember thinking <laughs> of my shoes in like fifth grade or whatever, and I don't know, but I remember growing out of them. I don't know why that was important or anything, but I remember that was a that. big deal for you. Grow out of your shoes. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> you, it's just like your clothes. You just keep growing. Yeah, and then your parents wouldn't buy you new ones. Maybe <laughs> yeah, that would make I a more dramatic story. Might not be true, but. <laughs> yeah, but we know not to ruin a good story with too much of the truth. Never. You know, I, I the the thought though is, you know, we talk about positivity and and uh, and pushing through and persevering and being happy through perseverance and things like that. Uh, for me, so much of it was 
Um, what do I bring that is a positive influence on those that I'm around, right? I'm, I'm, when I was a teacher, you know, you have 25, 28 kids walk into your door every day. What is it that they need today that I can, I, I can provide? Um, so many times kids come into your classroom and that's the only happy place they have. That's the only place where they feel like they're safe or they're loved or anything like that. So especially as an educator, that's something that I really wanted to provide to every single kid. And, you know, now I'm an assistant principal. And so it, it's a it's a much broader scope. And even when I moved into the office at Grovecrest, it became a much broader scope. Every kid that walks in those doors, it's, somebody needs something. So am I going to be where I need to be? Am I going to act the way I need to act so that somebody else remembers that and goes, oh, you know what? Everything's okay. Or that interaction was positive and that's going to help me through whatever trying time I have. Because that's that's what I, I strive for every day is to make sure that whatever interactions I have with those around me, somebody comes away with a, okay, life's a little bit better because of that interaction. You know, I try and make sure it's not the other way around, but... Well, you know, Zach, you're talking about that. I think about becoming an adult, right? And it's really easy to find ourselves with a lot of problems, right? Or perceived bigger than that they really are, right? And a lot of, some of them are real big, right? Yeah. But the ability to, to look at life and go, look, but I'm helping others, right? I think that was the big thing that we always got from you, you know, at school. You, you were always going, well, how can I help? What do you need? You know, and even if it's just um, laughing, smiling, you guys were talking about him, what, shaving his head one time? Who was? I think it was, if you were in sixth grade, I was in third grade. But I don't feel like it was that long ago. Do you remember me shaving my head? I did it twice. I, I feel like I remember one of them. Like, I remember So the you were just becoming vice principal with Hoops. Yes. And I feel like that was like either fifth or sixth grade for me. I don't remember. Because that would, uh, the first time I cut my hair... I remember um, it being in the old school. Yes, it was. But the first time I cut my hair was the year after I had you, Ashton, oh, because okay. I had started my master's when you were in my class in sixth grade and then finished. And the day before graduation, I cut it off and donated 16 inches. So it was pretty long. And then I was like, well, that was fun. Let's do that again. So I grew it out again um, and had a neighbor uh, who had passed away Oh, probably a year and a half, two years earlier from leukemia. She had leukemia when she was five, passed when she was 18, struggled with it, with that cancer her whole life. So I was like, oh, okay, we, uh, I'll don't, when I donate this time, I'll donate in her honor. And so I donated to Wigs for Kids just because they have such a, a high usage rate for kids. And, and Hoops and I were sitting there going, okay, well, if, I, if we're going to cut my hair, we got to tie it to something. Right, we got to motivate the kids somehow. Let's go big, right? And so the challenge was, you had to read, right? So the kids, we said, okay, kids, you got to read five hundred thousand minutes combined, and parents, you got to read two hundred thousand minutes. And they, we said, okay, if you can reach the five hundred thousand minutes, I'll cut my hair, and if the parents can get it as well, Hoops and I will shave our heads. 
And the kids ended up at 1.18 million. And the parents were well over 500,000. And we were, I mean, Mrs. D is there just collecting minutes like nobody's business. So oops, I, I remember like I, do, I donated a bunch of minutes. I yeah. remember I was pretty excited I'm about sure it as a, because I was jealous. Zach always had this long hair and I was always been bald. So I was like, yeah, go, go <laughs> for it. Yeah. yeah. So we did. I, uh, we, awesome. that time, because we cut it down so short, I was able to donate 20 inches. Wow. And so, and then we just picked it and it was in December and my head was freezing cold. Oh, Welcome to my life, <laughs> yes. son. I know I've got a, got a little bit more now. So, but, uh, but yeah, so you, so you were in third grade. Must have been if Gene was in six. If you were in fifth, sixth grade, probably this would have been like older than that. five, well, it would have been about six years ago, actually. Yeah. yeah so, that would have yeah, put you in sixth grade. That would have fit. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. But see, so, so talk about making other people's lives better, right? Because there was three things in there in that story that I got from it, right? You encourage kids to read. You encourage parents to read with their kids or to read on their own to show the example. Yeah. And then the third is you had a neighbor that, that had lost their life and you were donating to a cause that's very positive in nature and you're showing kids it's great to sacrifice, you know, it's something that I might like and and I might be proud of, but but this is so much life's so much bigger than me, yeah. right? And I think that's the problem as we become adults. Sometimes we think it's all about me, right? We get consumed with the me, 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 and we don't say, "Hey, how are you?" Right? Yeah. How? And I think that's that's a I think that's a great takeaway lesson, you know, as we're having this conversation is how do we serve? How do we help? You know, and, how do we uplift others? And that happiness comes from when you look outside yourself. Like, I, I get a lot of joy and giddiness from the fact that I have a little paper that says there was a wig donated with my hair. And on the inside of the wig, it says my neighbor's name right in there, oh, you know, wow. donated in her honor. So there's some kid, I don't know where, out there wearing my hair as a wig, you know, so that they can have some confidence. They can go to school and feel like there, there's a little bit more normalcy for them, you yeah. know, to have that. So, yeah, I, I love it. Thank you. It's it. I love that it's not all about me. Mm. And I, and I love how centered behind it is yet another why, because something that I love breaking down is like again that positive aspect, and it shows that it's not just something that just kind of conjures like oh positivity, it's here, but there's deeply rooted. Um, reasons behind such, I don't know if aggressive positivity is the right way to say it. <laughs> I, I am aggressively positive. I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> I only mean it in the best of ways. Of course. Um, and, and since we're, we're, we're on the, on the general topic of that area, um, I know that you went through a battle with cancer and I was, and my mom was around during the time I was also on my mission. So that's the third mission shout out. Yeah, um, there you go. Third and final because she and Gideon, um, <laughs> too young. But she, um, she said that as you're going through that, it was also like, I, if I remember right, there were some changes happening during Grovecrest. And it, it seems like a big um, time in your life. And she, she just remembers you also maintaining this air of positivity and I was wondering how do you feel about that do you feel the same way was there kind of like I'm showing this to the kids but this is how I actually am sort of thing does the question make sense yeah, I'm getting yeah. At? 
So I'll, I'll answer your question with a bit of a story and background. Please. Um, so I just finished up my admin endorsement. Um, as I was finishing my admin endorsement, the new building at Grovecrest was just being built. So I had had the supervisors coming to me and saying, hey, you should apply for the administrative pool. And I was like, no, we just finished this building. I spent a lot of time and energy into trying to help it be just how everybody wants it and how it's going to function well. And it was such a fun process. Um, I was like, no, I want at least a year at Grovecrest. So leave me alone. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> right. So then they came back in this is December and they're like, well, they've extended the deadline. You should apply. I was like, no, thanks. I'm good. And now part of this is your comfort zone too, right? Yes. I mean, not only did I, you grow it, but you were a free intern. I mean, paid, yeah, paid, yes. minimally, but paid intern, right? This is kind of your roots. This yeah. is home. This is, uh, and it was, I'd been, I was at Grovecrest for 14 years. Yeah, that's a long time. And Most people don't make a career that long. Let's no, be honest. I And I like, I like to settle down. I like to have my roots. I like to have my people and I like to be there because that's where I'm, I love to be, right? And I was, I, I taught uh, I was a life skills aide. I taught third grade. I taught fourth grade. I taught sixth grade. I taught computers and I was a partnership facilitator. So I trained all the interns, right? So I had done a lot. So I'd been in every grade level classroom doing something of some sort, right? So I was deeply embedded into this school. Um, you probably knew more that more of it than Mr. Hadley probably was the only oh, yeah. one who knew more. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve and I, uh, we'd go down in the tunnels and it was spooky and it was awesome. I am <laughs> so mad I missed those. <laughs> they were, you they should have been there for 14 years. They were if you became a super, school. super, oh, like, I have, like a six times six grader, you could, no, uh, I guess that's it, only two. Yes. But did you see the error in my math there? Yes. Anyways, go at ahead. Some sorry. Point, at some point, I'll tell you all my ghost stories at Grovecrest. They're brilliant and I love them. Anyway, <laughs> so I'd been there. I'm like, no, I don't, don't move me. Right. So we moved into the new building the Thursday and Friday before spring break. So Thursday before spring break, we had arranged everything. We had it all set. And I'm running around the new building trying to get everything. There's a bunch of district people there to help move. Our supervisor is there. And as I'm walking down the hall, she stops and goes, hey, can I talk to you? I was like, yeah, I'm just going over here. Let's walk. She goes, no, come into this room. And I was like, okay. So she pulls me into the computer room and I'm sitting in there and she goes, we have a TAA spot, teacher on administrative assignment, that we want you to take. You don't have to apply for it. If you don't want it, you don't have to. You don't have to take it. Um, but that's there. And we really want you for that. I need an answer before spring break is in. ends. I'm like, oh, man, okay. And it's talk to your wife, but nobody else. And so I'm home talking to my wife. And um, the decision for, for me... Uh, um, and we've talked about missions and I have a deeply spiritual side as well. For me, it needs to be, okay, I'm going to make a decision and then I'm going to pray about that and I'm going to ponder about that. And I need to have a decision to go so that I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. So the decision I made was to go, even though I hated that decision, thinking, oh, I'll get the, the I'll, it'll be no and I can stay. And I was watching um, conference talk that Saturday, following Saturday. And an elder from France was talking about taking a new position and how he felt so underprepared and how he wasn't qualified and how there's no way that I could be the one that they want for this massive new position. I'm just not qualified and I don't know enough. And then he took that job and he knew he was supposed to. And that's when it hit me and I bawled. 
like a baby. So I was like, wow. oh, great. Now I'm going to have to leave Grovecrest. So I got six weeks in the new building. Um, and that's when I moved to Cedar Ridge Elementary as it's an assistant principal, but they it's just on teacher pay. So it's just a kind of a good step into the administrative pool. Okay. So then a year at, at um, Cedar Ridge and I figured, okay, I'll apply because yeah, right. That'll be funny. And I've only been doing this a year. They're not going to take me. And I had done intern work um, at Mountain View and thought, I'll throw my rat, my hat into the secondary realm. But who's going to take the elementary guy who is very obviously an elementary guy <laughs> into secondary? And I got two letters. And the one was from elementary and it was a reject, rejection letter. They just said, no, thanks. We don't want you. And I was like, oh, not even an interview. Like, this is what I do. I elementary that's like my whole life and the secondary one said come in for an interview and then I just kept getting interviews and interviews and it was a um it was a Tuesday night or no it was yeah it was a, a Tuesday night I got a phone call and I was informed that I had received a position as an assistant principal at Frontier Middle School and so which is out in Eagle Mountain and I live in Orem, and that's quite a drive. Mm. It's about yes, it 40, 45 minutes. And my first reaction was, all the way out there? Oh. And, you know, I had kind of that, that downer moment. So when you say, were you happy, giddy on the outside, and everything's hunky-dory, and you put the show on for kids, um, but really inside, are you, are you hurting? You know, and yeah. this is all leading to the cancer story, by the way. Um, there is some of that. There definitely is. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was, I, I needed that for me, right? Cause I needed people to see me happy. Mm. Um, and that, cause that's how people see me. That's how I feel like people view me. So that's how I still wanted to be viewed. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm well into my time at Frontier and I love it there. So great. Amazing principals. The, the, my team was awesome. The staff was so great. The kids were so much fun. Um, I'm trying to figure out this whole secondary world coming from the elementary um, and I'm having a difficult time swallowing, right? So here I've gone through change three different schools in three years and I was like, man, my tonsils look funny. I think I have to get my tonsils out. I almost choked on a Tootsie Roll driving home from work one day and I was like, something's wrong with my tonsils, right? Sure. So I go in, there. I, I finally get a, an appointment with and I had a, a funky like infection on my tonsils and my doctor said, let's get you into an ENT after three rounds of antibiotics that didn't kick it. He's like, let's get you in there. Um, I so think I, that's an ears, nose and throat doctor. Yes. Just You're, so ENT. ENT. Sorry. There you go. So I'm, I'm, I guess. Yes, that's, that's I'm pretty good at Beautiful guess. <laughs> um, or acronyms. I don't know. Yes. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, but the ENT, I, I went in and I was thinking, oh man, a tonsillectomy as an adult is a horrible thing. Mm. It's a mass, it's like a two-week recovery. It's super painful. Oh, well, you know, I've probably got to get my tonsils out. And he's looking at my tonsils. And he's like, your tonsils are fine. They're no problems. And I was like, okay, but I can't swallow. Yeah, but there is a problem. Yeah, like, like something's there. Like I choke on my own spit when I chew gum. Like, come on, what's going on? And he goes, okay, well, and he starts grabbing my throat. And he's like feeling down the front of my throat. And he goes, swallow, swallow. And I had a little hitch. And he goes, oh, looks like you've got some nodules on your thyroid. Those might be cancerous. We should get those looked at. 
and my wife is in there with me and I just kind of like wide-eyed like okay whoa 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 I was just coming in to get my tonsils looked at and you said cancer uh let's back up a minute yeah um and it was they got me into an endocrinologist who is a doctor who specializes in your endocrine system so like your hormones and everything Mm -hmm. and your thyroid is a huge part of your endocrine system um your thyroid actually controls your mood and your metabolism and those types of things Hmm. and it's just this little tiny butterfly shaped um uh, organ that sits right in front of your voice box so just right there at the base of your throat right above your collarbone and so that's where it is and uh, uh it was two weeks later i had gone in for an ultrasound and they found three nodules on my thyroid um, that the endocrinologist did not like um, because they were either filled with fluid or had irregular borders or had a lot of like calcium deposit spots on them um did a, a biopsy of those so they stick a needle in you 12 times and oh, just geez. kind of pack it around it was extremely uncomfortable no, nobody no, can thanks. see our faces Ashton's the only one that made noise but all of us cringed mm. needles like little little bee stings all through your neck no, so thanks. and you already um, can't swallow so yeah. this is super helpful yeah, let's do that um <laughs> but those those came back um positive all all three of my the nodules came back positive for cancer so that's a that's one of those things where you're you're waiting for the call and I'm walking around school and my phone rings and of course I'm in the middle of the hallway so the call doesn't take and I can't answer it because it's dropped because you know schools love to do that to your phone yeah and so I end up it was like 5 30 at night when the doctor called back and informed me um, and I had uh, papillary cancer which is um, like the hmm, I hate saying the best kind of thyroid cancer because it's cancer. Right. And I, people be like, well, if you're going to get cancer, thyroid cancer is the <laughs> one to get. Root, it's, root for it's it. It's the easiest one to cure. And, you know, we were in seeing the, um, the ENT that ended up taking out my thyroid. And we're like, okay, what kind of cancer is it exactly? And he's like, oh, well, there's four types. This one kills you right away. And I'm like, okay, hold on. What? what? He goes, and you don't have that. I'm like, okay. Doesn't seem very good at breaking yeah. bad information. It's <laughs> <No. laughs> um, like it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, so here you go. Um, but then there's um, follicular thyroid cancer and, uh, and papillary. Papillary has the highest cure rate, um, especially if you, the age that I was, I was still in that younger age range to where if you can get it out, it looks pretty good. Um, so it was a little over two years ago. February 7th of, of 19, um, I went in and they took out my whole thyroid. And like I said, it's like a little butterfly shape. And the, the right side of my thyroid was almost as long as a pen. Oh. So like, oh, wow. like five and a half inches. And it's supposed to be like inch, maybe inch and a half if it's oh, wow. big. So I had a lot, there was a lot in there. And I asked the doctor how long it had been in there. And he goes, if it's that big, years. Thyroid cancer is very slow growing. So it's years that it's been in there. So automatically my mind goes back years ago. Oh, no, you were at Disneyland. I had cancer. Oh, man, when we were building the new school at Grovecrest, I had cancer. All those things start flooding back into your mind of all these memories that I've been through. I did all that with cancer and had no idea. Hmm. You know? Hmm. So Interesting. The, the change of three different schools and then, hey, you have cancer. So let's remove the cancer, successful surgery. Um, and I'm happy to say I'm in like the less than 2% chance of getting 
any type of recurring cancer back. So uh, super grateful for blessings that, that have come my way. Um, but you go through all that, and like I said, your thyroid controls your mood and your metabolism, and suddenly you have that ripped out of your body. Mm-hmm. And so now your body is like, oh, I no longer make those hormones, and I no longer produce all of that stuff that you need to be uh, to just carry on with happy life. Uh, and the and really normal life, right? Yeah. I mean, because because if it's functioning properly, it, it keeps you regulated, right? And yeah. And so you have the positive Mr. Nilsson, you know, Zach, who who just is, right? And this has been ripped out of you, and you're going, wait a second, now who am I, right? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some of that. Yeah. And you know that, the, and the the real silver lining for me with this whole thing is, and this is going to sound a little bit funny, but. I dealt with some severe, severe depression, suicidal thoughts, loads of anxiety. And it was bad and it was dark because they put you on a pill, but they have to figure it out and you have to go in and they have to regulate it. And so I'm going through all of this. A a pill that's helping replace those hormones that your body naturally would build. So every morning I just swallow a pill. Because and, now at least you can swallow. Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> right? I can. It's, See, looking at the positive. It's wonderful. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went through, it was, it took about eight months. Wow. Before I realized, walking down the hall at school one day to be like, oh, I, I kind of like feel like myself again. Hmm. You know, of, of having to go through this roller coaster of uh, being in some really deep, dark, depressive states. And, you know, even now I have days where, it's just it's just hard it's just hard um but the silver lining is is now i understand see i told you i was going to tear up now i understand what it's like when a kid comes into my office who deals with depression who deals with anxiety who deals with suicidal thoughts like i can look at that kid now and be like ah oh, i get you right i understand where you come from so all this cancer stuff was horrendous to go through um but i look back and i i feel like i have a lot more empathy and sympathy and and love and care for when a kid comes in and says i'm just feeling really anxious and you know i'd never dealt with any depression like i never was ever never once was i like sure i was sad but when i when you think about Real depression or real anxiety never dealt with that stuff. Suicidal thoughts, not not a chance. And now I have a kid come in and say, you know, Nelson, I I'm struggling with this. Um, it it really gave me a different perspective because before it was like, okay, I'll help you, I'll be happy, and you'll be happy, and everything will be great. And that's not what they need. They need somebody who sits and says, everything's going to be okay, and it it sucks right now. And it's hard, and that's okay. But I'm here with you. I get you. I get too. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, like that was my that was my silver lining. You know, I think the the biggest thing for me there on that takeaway was is part of being positive is not just being happy and not being hey it's all going to be it's all great and it's all easy. It's being able to say yeah this sucks, and you know what. We can make it. And that's where that grit that you talked about earlier, you know, really pays off. Because you look at that grit and say, not only 
are we going to make it? But we're going to make it, and it's going to be. It is going to be awesome, and yeah. it is going to be good. Because yeah. at some point in time, you're going to look back at this and go, "Wow, I learned a lot." Yeah. You know, you don't see it when you're going through it, and no. you don't, and you don't understand the whys. You know, that's where I caught myself a lot when I, you know, when when life is hard, it's like, "Why?" Well, that's probably not the right question. You know what I mean? That's more the the better question sometimes is how or what. Do you know what I mean? What do I need to do different? What, you know? Yeah. And so your case, it was finding the right medication that replaced those hormones that were, I don't know how else to say it, violently ripped out of yeah. you. You know what I mean? It just, <laughs> they were. Because, because it's, it, it, and then you can look at a child and see some of the trauma that they've gone through, you know, like you said, when you're 10 months old and, and your dad's not in your life, right? And, and and a kid comes in and goes, everything was fine last night, and now my parents aren't together. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're going, yeah, it's not just, hey, let's just yeah. be happy. It's like, dude, yeah, let's figure this out. You know, how are we going to cope, right? We talk a lot about coping in this adulting because that's – this is going to sound cynical. It may, hopefully it doesn't. But the reason why we have kids that struggle with cope, how to cope, is because we have parents that don't know how to cope. And, and the parents don't know true. how to cope because the grandparents never – you know, these true. learned traits – you you talked about your grandpa. He worked on the railroads. He knew he added value, right? He yeah. did what he had to do, and he found pleasure in doing. It wasn't the job necessarily. It wasn't working on the railroad. It was the fact that he provided. You know, and some of that's just not. I don't know. I think I think when we've gone away from some of that hard work and some of that pain, some of that toil of of a of a day's work to where you go. Yep. Look what I did. Yeah. Look what I did. You know, to where we go, oh, great. I just, you know, made 300 new files or, you yep. know what I mean? I shuffled paperwork <laughs> around or, you know, you lose some of that, some of that. Yeah. So thanks for sharing. That's, yeah. that was, yeah, I, I didn't know that's where that would go. Um, and I'm grateful. I mean, it was good for me to hear. I don't, I don't know, boys. Thoughts? Take. I know I've really enjoyed this. <laughs> it was very interesting. Another side of Mr. Nelson. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, I was gonna say I didn't want to let the opportunity to pass to say thank you for sharing that. I I know I really like felt your story and I'm sure our listeners do as well. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um if I can ask one last question. Please. Um so when you mentioned that um there was these times that you weren't feeling quite yourself and you were reaching out to students because you felt like they needed to see that but you also felt like you needed to feel like they were seeing that um I know that a lot of times um when people struggle with depression and um and difficult circumstances a lot of times people feel like they have to put on a sort of themselves to spare others around them from their their pain and I, I don't feel like that's where you were coming from, but I, I, and I just wanted to know if you could maybe explain a little bit of the difference. Yeah. So, and I think what, it, for me, it comes from, it's situational, mm -hmm. right? Um, because my wife, bless her heart, she deals with the real me all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Because the home is where I'm comfortable. Home is where I know that... I can be a little grumpier or I can really show how I feel and my wife is still going to love me. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal individual. 
my kids are super, super great. And when dad's grumpy, they're like, okay, yeah, dad gets grumpy, right? In the school setting. See, that's how you guys should respond. When dad yeah. gets grumpy, dad just gets deal grumpy. with it. Dang it. I almost swore, Zach. I almost swore. Dang it. At least I edited. You caught Sorry. yourself. And at the school setting, um, there's some groups that, yeah, maybe I can show some of that with. Mm-hmm. Um, but my role uh, as as a teacher or as a principal, um, I feel I need to be uplifting, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that there aren't times when I have a student in my office or a colleague in my office and I let my guard way, way, way down to share my vulnerability and uh, my life experience with them so that they have some semblance of who I am and maybe can relate to me a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that happens. Um, but sometimes with, with the positivity thing, it all depends on what situation that particular person is in at that time that they need to do what they need to do to help them. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, it it was OK. Yeah, I, I'm having a bad day or a dark day. But if I can go out and at least smile at some kids in the hall at passing period, then maybe somebody has a, a brighter day and I can I can put that that front on for them, because in the long run, that service to them helps me right. feel a little bit better. Right. right? Um, and I, but I also think it's really, really important and this is one thing that I love talking to teenagers about, um, especially those who are becoming adults, as I point to these two fine young gentlemen across the table from me, um, is so often as teenagers, they they think either nobody understands me or I've got to go to somebody my own age because that's who really gets me, right? Or I've got to just do it by myself. And talking about what I wish I'd have known when I was young was man, there is a slew of people around you who want to be there, who want to help you, who are such a valuable resource. Um, and you know, this even goes up into adulting, right? As adults, you, you have so many people around you who genuinely care and love you. And if you just take the opportunity to kind of break down some barriers and really know the how or the why, and instead of just, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Okay, bye. You know that. Just uh, if you really want to know, and if somebody gives you a, oh, today I'm not good. Oh, tell me. You know, take that opportunity to invite somebody in or to be willing to share with somebody else. Um, mm. we, we live in this world with all these other people. And why there's no reason that any of us should have to do things alone. Because there's all these other people that we get to draw from and draw on uh, to strengthen ourselves. And that we get to then strengthen those around us as well. So the opportunity to share with other people and to share our pains and our hurts and to share our failings and our shortcomings. Because everybody has them. Everybody does. And I, I talk with students who are like, every time I make a mistake, I just feel like, I'm such a bad person or I'm never going to be able to overcome this. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you, that's how you feel because you're a teenager, but you can, you just gotta, you just gotta start with some, some positive things. So when that comes in, then we talk strategies, 
right? Let's talk tools. How do you overcome this? And for me, it was, let me put on a happy face for a minute. That was my tool to get through some of my dark days. Um, but my tool was also talking with individuals about depression, about suicidal thoughts. So when I was having a bad day, there were multiple people that knew about it. I never kept that in. And I think that's one thing that helped me so much cope with it and even now be able to talk about it and feel so much peace about it because I shared. Like if I had suicidal thoughts, my wife knew about it, right? Um, my family knew about it. When I was in a lot of depression and I was at work, I would look at some of my coworkers and be like, this is not a good day today. So I'm going to do what I can, but sometimes I might just hide here or just so you know where I'm at, right? Mm -hmm. So the opportunity to share those vulnerable sides is is a skill that we, I don't know, as adults, we kind of hide from it, right? Ooh, sure. I, and we talked about that a little earlier. Ooh, I can't let them know that I'm, I'm, I have a flaw. I can't let them know that I'm I'm have this mistake that happened to me or that I I I think this way, right? So to to share those thoughts really helps connect us with people and when you talk about being happy and positive uh that's an opportunity then to share. Okay, I shared these things. I can now also share all the happy things as well and I can help lift those around me that way. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. I just wanted to say thanks again for joining us on our podcast. It is my pleasure. Like, truly honored. Truly, truly honored to be invited. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on our topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at Adulting Decrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you would like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch! If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting-decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon. Like an adult. Staying positive for hopefully not the first time. Like an adult. Being positive through the rough times. Through the rough times.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on our topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.